Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ooh, welcome back, sports fans, to another episode of the Charity Stripe Podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Los Angeles. For those listening at home on the road, in the air, in the water, do you believe? We have a great show for you guys today. Jake Paul knocked out Ty Woodley, like really knocked him out. Plus, we got some football talk for you. So buckle up, tuck it into your waistband, because here we go. Three, two, one. We're back. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Pitch your free throws because they're free. So 392. Coming hot at you guys in episode 391. I'm joined on this one by Alex Tosmirakisopoulos, Nikki Snacks Kreider. We're brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today and bet all your money at the site. If you're going to bet, bet at the site. There's no other place to bet, honestly. Are you going to go drive to Vegas? No. Are you going to fly to Vegas? Probably not, unless you got a party to go to. So go to betonline.ag today, put your money down, and win big. It's a no-brainer. Uh, did you guys win big this week at all on anything? Mm, I hit like one first touchdown bet with Mark Andrews, who seems to be like the guy that I only hit first touchdowns on. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, I started to kind of bleed um, in the Saints game, and it wasn't anything to do with the score at all because I had the Saints plus 12, which they covered with flying colors because they won by nine. Um, but I was taking a lot of player props and – on the live lines, I was taking like Alvin Kamara to, to rush for like over 30 or 29 and a half yards. And he was sitting at 21 yards. They weren't giving him the ball at all. I was getting, I had him to get like two more receptions in the game. Didn't get that. I had Taysom Hill to throw more. Didn't get that. So it was a little frustrating because Kamara is clearly the best offensive weapon on that team. And they just refused to give him the ball at the end of the game. Like there was one drive where the Saints were. Uh, I think there was like four minutes left and they just did three straight power rushes with Taysom Hill. That got like one yard a piece. Some, some got stuffed at the line. It's just like, come on. And I understand Dallas, Dallas Allen's taken over as the head coach while Peyton has COVID and sure. someone else has taken over the play call. But regardless, like Kamara is the best player on that team. And, and often he wasn't even on the field and okay. Yeah. You don't want to give him as many touches as you normally would, because you know that, they have a microscope on the guy defensively, and it's one of the best rush defenses in the NFL. The Bucks are they're up front, they're fantastic. Get him on the field and use him as a decoy. Like they weren't even really using him as a decoy. There were plenty of times where they were just spelling him with Mark Ingram or having Taysom Hill run, and, and Kamara was just on the sideline. And there were there were a lot of plays. I mean, they won the game, so that's what's most yeah, important. Of course. But it was a pretty pitiful offensive performance and you can't ask, sides. you can't ask their defense to do that. If you're the saints, you can't ask your defense to do that every single game. It's right. impossible, especially against the bucks. Honestly, I would rather watch their defense play than their offense. And it's one of the few teams I feel that about. And I also think I would Nick, you bring up Kamara having a matchup in fantasy football this weekend it sounds like the worst thing in the world. First of all, one of my teams apps, my home team sucked. So thank God I had a buy. Yeah. I would have gotten piped. 
fantasy football this weekend looks like it sucked. Our our league that we're in the LA league, I, I secure the number one seed and got a buy. <laughs> I'm so I'm also so thankful because a lot of my guys um didn't perform or some guys went out. Um one of my guys got kicked out of the game. Yeah, Pittman got kicked out of the game. Gone. Yeah. It was tough. I mean, I don't have him, but like Mike Evans went out, Chris Godwin went out. I mean, those are tough. Leonard Mike, Fournette went out. If Mike Evans doesn't play next week, I will literally videotape myself. And this is on proof. I will put my head in the toilet and flush it. That'd be I'm, fun. That would be fun. I actually I, hope he doesn't play now at this point. Me kind of too for the content. Um, okay. Toilet, uh, are we like going to like a random ass like New York? Penn Station, toilet? baby. Penn oh, Station. Wow. <laughs> the grossest place on planet Earth. Um, all right. Well, at least maybe in New York. Uh, let me ask you guys a couple questions. But first. Jake Paul, Ty Woodley, one of the cleanest knockouts, maybe the knockout of the year in boxing that I've seen, at least. Nick, you're skeptical. You think it's a little Fugazi, Fugazi, some smoke and mirrors involved? No, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm not skeptical. I mean, he did knock him out. Now, at the end of the day, do we know for certain that this fight like wasn't I wouldn't say fixed, but like kind of scripted in a sense, or it's like, okay, like Jake Paul's supposed to win this fight. Now, I don't think they anticipated a knockout to happen, but I watched it in slow motion. And when Woodley's guard drops for like the split second, it's almost as if like he wanted Jake Paul to hit him. But then you watch it in real time. It's like, okay, you know, it's way too quick of a, of a punch like there's no way like you're making yeah. that second decision to be like all right yeah. i'm getting knocked out right here but you're it was also, a ridiculous knockout you're talking about yeah he, he absolutely clocked him and the slow-mo play-by-play that you're talking about the frame by frame you see like this mist of sweat just fly off of yeah. woodley as he gets hit by jake paul but i think you know it was it was a sixth round it's an exhaustive sport these guys are going after each other with everything they've got Woodley, yes. Has he been training for this rematch? Probably, Meh. but but he didn't, even re- he didn't really Meh. even know he was fighting until three weeks ago. So yeah. this got I, thrown together with, like in two weeks. I, I just, it's hard for me to say that something like this is rigged because I think if it were rigged, and I texted both of y'all this, the result would have been a split decision win to Woodley, I think, because then <laughs> you, guarantee, you guarantee a third fight. This he completely silences Woodley with this knockout. They're never fighting again. He's never going to talk to this guy ever again. Like it's it's done. It's over. Who's the next guy? Le- fight. Le'Veon Bell is is he adding can't. him, he adding can't. Jake Paul. You think it's? We have to see him fight a boxer. It just, it has to be well, done. Masvidal wants him to hop in the octagon. No, he can't do that either. He can't do that. It's a, look, if this has taught us anything, they are two different sports. You talk about him dropping his hands. That's more UFC. Your guard's not always as up in the UFC. It's just going back to his natural fighting stance. And that is how you get knocked out in boxing. When you let your guard down for the split second, a really great boxer will knock you the fuck out. And that's what Jake Paul did. He saw an opening, took it. It happens really quickly. The frame by frame, it looks like he totally blows it. But in a split second, when you watch in real time, that's when a great fighter takes over. He has to fight a real boxer. I mean, Tommy Fury would be great. He's been taunting him. If he beats Tommy Fury, who's a boxer, 
then now he's going to have to start being in the. I mean, he looks better and better every time he goes out. I'm so curious to see how far he can take this. He will never go into the octagon. Masvidal would absolutely murder him. There's no doubt in my mind there. But if Masvidal enters the ring, I honestly, I've come a long way on Jake Paul in the last year. I think it could be interesting. I really do at this point. Do we feel like the assessment of this Jake Paul fight and also on that same card was the Darren Williams, Frank Gore fight, um, which was to Lisa Ann, which was a tremendous shout out to Lisa Ann who walked Frank Gore out to the, um, out to the ring, but it was, it was actually a really good fight. It only went four rounds. Darren Williams won. Neither guy got knocked down or knocked out, but they both know how to box. It it got pushed out of the ring. And then Gore came right back and, and shoved, Darren Williams. They both kind of gave each other a little, little piece of their minds, uh, a little Shubbies. piece of their bodies as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Williams and like the post post fight presser was, I guess, getting interviewed. And he said like, I'm going to sit my dumb ass back on the couch to never do this again. It's, He's like, I don't want to do this again. <laughs> do you guys remember Bo? I don't know if it was on our show or like, just like in passing Philip Boba, one of our first guests ever, or homie. He was either talking to us just like, you know, socially or on her show, actually, because uh, she trains people in boxing. And he says, you have to, the amount of people that don't come back to a training session after the first time they spar, let alone fight, is astronomical. It really is just, it's the wild, wild west. It, there's the, the it's it's so crazy everyone like knocks floyd mayweather because he's boring he's so technical and defensive but it honestly is such an art form of how good of a technical and defensive fighter he is because it can be a total free-for-all in there as seen by these amateur fighters uh that fight was ridiculous i can't even, i still can't even believe that that went through but i but i think like to my point that i was working towards yeah, is sorry. that no it's it darren williams and frank gore I enjoyed watching them fight each other. Jake yeah. Paul, Jake Paul, Jake Paul and Ty Woodley. I didn't necessarily enjoy them fighting each other, but I enjoyed that knockout. And so at the end of the day, like people are tuning in to watch this. And I know that there's heavy criticism around these guys not being legitimate boxers, but I even thought like I watched Logan Paul fight KSI like two years ago. And those guys literally were just throwing haymakers at each other. They had no defense. There was no strategy. It was just whoever can land the biggest punch wins. Frank Gore and Darren Williams knew what they were doing. And part of that is just, it shows how elite the athleticism of some of these NFL, NBA, MLB athletes, just how impressive they actually are to go cross sport and farewell uh, is, is incredible. Like Darren Williams, now everyone's on Twitter being like eight NBA teams should sign him just by how athletic and in shape he looks. I mean, at one point we're talking about this guy's top five point guard potential hall of famer. Like, I mean, you could even say like peak Darren Williams is the equivalent to peak Frank Gore. You can make that argument. Like Darren Williams on the jazz peak. Darren Williams is arguably the best point guard in the NBA. Yeah. Besides, besides Chris Paul, it was the two of them that, that couple of years, it was picked ahead of him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, these guys are kind of comparable. It's funny you bring up cross board, but yeah, I mean, they're Uber athletes compared to some of these other guys, but Jake Paul's a legit fighter. Sticking with the NFL and sticking with running backs, I'm going to throw some questions at you guys. I, John Taylor has been now mentioned in the MVP race. Finally. Okay. Wow, this is going to be great. He's got 19 total touchdowns on the year. He's got a chance at 2K. He'll probably get to 2K, but in the 17-game set, not the 16-game set we've seen other, everyone else do it. 
does he deserve to be in the MVP race? Should he not be in the MVP race because Derrick Henry broke 2K and pretty much carried the Titans to the playoffs last year? Should that be a knock on Jonathan Taylor this year? The fact that Derrick Henry didn't win it? Yes. Should that cloud over and wash over and gloss over the fact that Jonathan Taylor should be in the next? No, I don't think so because I believe that the Colts are in an interesting position where he's really putting the team on his back. I mean, they're a good team. They've got a good defense, but without him, they're, they're not winning these games. They're not in the playoff mix. In my opinion, uh, he's an X factor. And I do believe the Titans probably still would have made the playoffs last year without okay. Drake Henry. They were a good team. Um, and they still are a good team. Um, they lost pretty bad, not pretty bad. They, they lost to the pay or to the uh, Steelers this week, but regardless, they got to pick it up. Um, but Aaron Rodgers also just had an amazing season last season. Yeah, um, I don't know necessarily if there are people in the league right now that garner the respect to be a clear-cut number one MVP favorite right now. Like as we just watched Tom Brady have probably one of his worst games of his career. Like, exactly. Like his his chances of becoming the MVP have definitely diminished a little bit. You can argue Justin Herbert a little bit. You can argue Patrick Mahomes is coming back, but there's no clear cut winner right now. And so letting Jonathan Taylor get in the mix, I think is something that, that it makes a lot of sense. He's yeah. I mean, he's definitely, I agree with Nick. He's definitely in the mix. He's if, if they did it like they did Heisman candidates, he's going to New York. Like okay. he's going to, he's going to be there. He's going to have a seat at the table. I don't think he's my favorite right now. Part of that is just positional evaluation of the NFL and, and what it means to be a quarterback in today's NFL. Also, I don't think any Derrick Henry season has nothing to do with it because it's this year. It's a completely different year. Steph won the unanimous MVP in 2015, but the next year, would he have won a unanimous MVP? No. Like it, it's all. Yeah, it's all it's Definitely. all circumstantial. I'm just making all, sure. Well, yeah, these are some yeah. arguments I've been hearing, and so I wanted to make sure that it shouldn't have anything to do with it because it's a completely different year. No, yeah, it should not. I mean, you look at guys. I think more than anything, like in baseball, it's one of those sports where guys could have ridiculous seasons and not win MVP because someone won it, and then a couple years later, guys have mediocre seasons and still win it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, I mentioned like, to you guys, I was like, I was like, well, Vladdy Guerrero ever have junior have ever have a better season than he had this past year maybe not possible and he didn't yeah. win the mvp yeah He's He's uh, i mean a, but that's like but that is the point to what you're saying though because right. like it's right. just it's just very circumstantial i will i want to throw a magic number out here he's at 19 total touchdowns if he gets the 25 and beyond he's got a real shot and there's three games left right yeah he's got a real shot He's a real I mean, chance. He's got to stay healthy at the end of the day. I mean, the games that he has left are the Cardinals, the Raiders, and the Jags, right? And Cardinals look pretty suspect against the Lions. Extremely. And then the Raiders don't have a good defense, and the Jags no. don't have a good defense. So he's got an opportunity. Unless, unless they have already clinched their spot in the playoffs in that 17th week, or sorry, the 17th game, 18th week, and they decide to sit him or uh, put him on like a pitch count. The pitch count would be more likely. The This great segue into my next question. Which playoff picture are you guys more excited about, the AFC or the NFC? 
I'll give you a quick little ditty on how everything's breaking down. I just think it's so tight in the AFC. They could kind of win the division still. So him being out for the count or not being, not playing on week 18 uh, seems highly unlikely to me. It seems like they'll at least be, they'll definitely be in the mix either in front of them or behind them, or maybe honestly, both the way everything's swinging right now. This is how it looks in the AFC. The top is very lackluster. If I do say so myself, you have the Kansas city chiefs sitting pretty with the Patriots losing to the aforementioned Colts on Saturday night Uh, chiefs, at 10 and four, you got the Pats and Titans at nine and five Bengals, Colts, Chargers, Bills all in the playoff picture. They're eight and six Ravens also eight and six Browns have to play this week. They're seven and six Steelers and Titans as well. It's in a three seed. Yeah. Titans are a three seed. You have the Steelers seven, six and one Dolphins Broncos seven and seven. And you have the Raiders at six and seven. So you have 12 teams pretty much in the playoff mix over there. And then inversely, you have less teams. But now all of a sudden, Saints, football team, Vikings, Eagles, those last three teams still have to play this week. And they could one of them, well, one of the, the Eagles and the football team will be at seven and seven automatically. They play each other. I'm assuming the Vikings beat the Bears. So you have three teams at seven and seven. The Niners are as, as hot as all get out to quote Quan Cosby. They're eight and six right now. They're the sixth seed. Rams, nine and four. They got to play still. Cardinals, absolutely. Queef Jenkins, the Lions, they're 10 and four. Bucks, Queef Jenkins as well at home to the Saints, get shut out 10 and four. You have the Cowboys. I mean, Micah Parsons. I mean, he honestly probably he defensive player of the year. He probably should have been the second overall pick. Probably, realistically. I think we could say that the Cowboys are 10 and four in second place. Packers are 11 and three. So that's how everything breaks out. T, which are you more excited for? The tight AFC or the top heavy NFC? Definitely the the tight parody driven AFC. That's right. more exciting to me. You listed how many teams did you list? You list 12, twelve teams dude. that are in I the was, mix. Yeah, like out of breath. I was there's, like, there's, there's actually thirteen if you look at it. Like what is actually feasibly um, possible? Possible, yeah. Yeah. Did I, I miscount? Oh my god, there's sixteen teams. Duh. Well, because the Raiders, now. the Raiders technically are still in the mix, right? No, yeah, I mean, I just miscounted. I I eliminated the three mm-hmm. teams. I went baseball, fifteen teams, not the sixteen in the NFL. There's, so but there are fifteen teams technically in the mix for the uh, NFC. They have the Giants and the Bears. Uh, I'm just looking at NFL's playoff picture. It says on the bubble, Giants and Bears are still in the mix. But like, that's also just because the teams that are in the bubble are just below five hundred, right? Yeah. Like, Right. Saints are sitting at seven and seven as a playoff team right now. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why the AFC is more interesting is because those teams that are on the fringe are, are actually good teams, right? right. They're, they're, they're competitive. They're competitive teams. I mean, the chargers, right? Like they're not leading the division, but they're so much fun to watch. One of the most dynamic offenses in the NFL. You already talked about Herbert as a, a possible kind of fringe MVP candidate right now. Um, the Titans, we told you, like five weeks ago that the Colts were better than them. And they, I, th- I truly believe that. I think they are. And it's, they're, they're catching up with them. The Dolphins are like outside of the Niners, the, the second hottest team in the NFL, even though they only beat the Jets by one touchdown. They've won seven, they've won six straight. It's crazy to come to 500. That's, that's unbelievable. Like what's going on in the AFC is just really exciting. I, I feel now after that Thursday night game that the Chiefs have shown me at least to believe that they're the best team in, in, that conference as of now. Um, 
Chargers I, could be the second best team after the way they that could. game went. Absolutely. I, Honestly. A, a game that the Chargers really should have won. I mean, we could like, we could criticize the coaching decisions. If you get one of those field exactly. goals, you exactly. win that game. That game could have gone either way, in my opinion. Um, it's a typical Chargers loss, losing a game like that to, you know, getting come back on and then losing in overtime. And, of course, there was not three, but four opportunities that they had to kick a field goal and take the points. And they decided to go for it and did not get it either time. So they really left 12 points on the board. He is rolling the dice a lot. He is. There's a like lot, a, there's, I mean, I think our, our boys at LA Football Network have a shirt, Fourth and Staley. And like, I don't know if I love that. At, at first, I was like, you know what? This is fun. You know, he's, he's pretty much playing Madden, right? Where you're not punting, you're not kicking. You're right. Exactly. It's exciting, but you're starting to look at the opportunity that they're missing to, to take points, especially against a team like Kansas City. I understand that like you got to score more points if it's Patrick Mahomes, but he left 12 points on the board. You're yeah. in the red zone. And, and I even texted, we were obviously we have many a group text about so NFL with all of our friends, you know, who all love talking ball with us, but I even texted and I was being a little bit facetious, but not really. Like if you're going to do that, if you're going to be fourth and Staley, go for two to go up nine. Like what, right. what does it matter? Because if the Chiefs score, they're just going to tie it with, with an extra point, you know, they're going to, they're not going to go for two. That's not their, their MO. Andy Reid plays by the book. Most of the time he, he lets Patrick Mahomes go for it sometimes, you know, when he, when they're feeling it, when they're hot, but I, like, if you're going to do it, do it, go he's, all the way. He's playing like a betting addict. I think it's, I think it's a great point to bring up that this guy, he's looking at his personnel. He has a top five quarterback at this point. There's no question in the league. In my eyes, he has probably without a doubt, honestly, not probably without a doubt, a top five receiving duo. You also have the best receiving back or one, sorry, one of the best receiving backs in the NFL top five again. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at your personnel and a lot of times it's a pretty decent O line too. I mean, they really built out a nice line. Slater is a grand slam to send your team to the world series that good of an offensive line right. pick. If you're him, you're looking at your personnel going, all right, fourth and short, I can make this happen with the guys I have out there. I don't mind that, but it looks like, honestly, he's got like a gambling addiction at certain points because he keeps doubling down on it. You would think after you miss it the second and then you miss it the third time, you're playing the Chiefs. How many opportunities are going to get these guys? Yeah. You can't keep doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on it. You got to take the points here at some point. It's a... A stubborn approach, in my opinion. I Very. think it's one of those. It's one of those. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things that where you're basically saying, you know, what I've done it every single time. I might as well continue. And we just saw the same thing happen with the Ravens, right? Where they go for two points to try to take the lead in the game and they lose. And this is the second time it's happened this season, right? This time made more sense though, because right. you're going against Rodgers, and it's a backup quarterback who's in the game who looks great, who's been, who played amazing though, right? Yeah. And- I, I honestly just uh, and like the same look that the Chargers had at the beginning of the game when they went for it. I thought they just ran the wrong play. Why would you roll out and cut off like a multitude of options? Let him let him play in the shotgun, do a, a run pass well, option so he can run up the middle if he needs to. Like he's been torching them with his legs the whole game. Let, let's break it down. The, the first time they went for 
on fourth down, which is the first drive they had, right? They had excellent field position after a big kickoff return by Andre Roberts. Uh, Parham dropped the touchdown. Yeah. And of course he got injured on the play, but he was, he was open play before cook dropped one too. Exactly. So they had, they had opportunities and um, they just didn't close on those, but there was a couple of questionable play calls for sure. That just didn't make a ton of sense there. Um, I don't mind the Ravens though, going back to them, going for it on two here. Cause it's Rogers. La- the other week against Steelers was a problem because you should beat that team. And that's a divisional yeah. game. You can't be messing around like that. That they, I didn't understand. They said it on the, uh, on the telecast that Huntley might've won him an opportunity to, to start for a team next year. Like it was almost like an audition. Like he played not letting him go. You don't think so, bro? No way. It's got Lamar. Exactly. Who gets hurt. He's susceptible. He can be, if he gets hurt, he plays a Lamar. It plays a very physical brand of football. If he goes down, you need a great backup in place with that roster you have to contend. You can't be messing around with, you know, just slides out there. Well, it's, it's an you absolute need a luxury. Pair of cleats. It's, it's a, it's a lot next year though. So you're going to have to sign him, pay him. Yeah. You need it's a, a luxury. It's a luxury to have a backup QB. Who's the same scheme fit as your starter. Listen, all I'm saying is, is that if he gets an opportunity to, to go to a team and become a starting quarterback, he's, he's going to take that opportunity no matter how much Baltimore decides to pay a backup. Yeah. Someone's I just don't money. I don't like him. We all like him more than Taysom game. Hill. That's for sure. It is one game, but you know, he played another good game this season too. I mean, he's a diamond in the rough, you know, speaking of diamonds, we've got an advertisement for diamonds. I'll tell him Nick Lightbox. Yeah. You go to Lightbox, everybody. Lightbox is great. We love it over there. That's the, best, the ad. The best diamonds. The best diamonds. Multitude of colors. Yeah. There's, there's like a, a blue, a pink. A hue, a, different hues, different hue Hefners. A blush, I think, is what the pink's called. So oh, yeah. nice. well, I mean, they're using cutting-edge technology. and Thank you, Nick. And uh, innovative techniques. And they've, they've cracked the science of sparkle, from what they've I hear. They've cracked it. And uh, they're creating the highest quality of lab-grown diamonds that you can find out there at a light price. Of eight hundred dollars per carat. <laughs> At a light price. <laughs> That's fucking. They awesome. have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but they're just grown in a lab. Okay. Because of their that- process, they create stones in blush pink, beautiful blue, as well as a classic white. Yeah. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift that that never want to take off. Never. Price so well that you won't have to. Nope. Nope, nope, no. Nope. Lightbox diamonds. <laughs> I think we're good with the lightbox. I think the people get the. I, you know what? If anyone scoffed, <laughs> if anyone no, but if anyone scoffed at the the uh, lab grown diamonds part of it, you shouldn't have because if you've ever seen one of our favorite movies with Jim Hunsu and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, which is what Josh Blood, Blood Diamonds. Blood Diamonds. You know that these are these are not <laughs> grown at the expense of human lives, which is important. I think. Totally. And that's very, why we support Lightbox. They're very humane. Never a dull moment. Never a dull Box. moment. The light prices. Um, okay. I thought you hit the nail on the head with the AFC versus NFC. The NFC honestly doesn't really matter to me who wins. I mean, home field advantage is huge, but that'll be sorted out in the playoffs. I think you really hit the nail on the head on that one. The last two, I'll try to tail them into each other. Here's how it breaks down right now. The Jaguars have the first overall pick followed by the Lions. The Houston Texans, the Jets, the Giants, the Giants, back-to-back at five and six, 
the Panthers at seven, the Jets again at eight, Falcons at nine, Eagles with their first of three picks at 10. Jags, Lions, Texans, Jets, Giants, Giants, Panthers, Jets, Falcons, Eagles. Giants own the Bears pick. Jets own the Seahawks pick. Here's my question to you guys. Will there be a quarterback selected in the top 10? Got check reaction. Um, yeah, I would say there would be. Okay. I mean, this isn't like the heaviest quarterback class that we've seen. Fairly weak. It'll be next year that we actually see a, a, a decent quarterback class like we've seen in years past. Um, but I mean, if you look at the Lions, like I think they would take an opportunity to do that. I think the Panthers would. Panthers um, are probably your best bet here. I would say maybe even the Falcons. That is a doubt. They Falcons need help. I don't I would, know if I would I say the Arthur Texans Smith as well. That's true. I think you have, I think the Panthers are your best bet. Davis Mills hasn't been that, that bad. He's okay. a rookie. Okay. But, still. but what do you mean? But like, he's a rookie. Like, dude, this, there have been other rookies who have shown lackluster performance. Davis Mills. I mean, if you're picking in the top three and the Jags are picking number one, they may, their hands may be tied. They may have to take that Alabama tackle. You may have to take one of those ends, dude. Yeah, look, I mean, I think I think those defensive guys are going to go first. Yeah, but no holds barred after that. You're yeah. saying okay. exactly. I mean, look, there's eight of the picks after that. Very true. Very I true. just think Finley as well. Of course, will will get picked in the top five. I think. Yeah, I I just think that there's enough QB talent in the NFL in congruence with this kind of lackluster talent pool from from college that's eligible this year where. I could see the first 10 picks going without anyone trading up without any of those teams that, that you named reaching for a guy when they know they, they all have personnel needs across the board, right? Like, and if you're the Texans, yeah, Davis Mills has, he started eight games in the NFL. That's, that's more than a lot of the other rookie QBs and he's, he's won, right? He's lost. Yeah. So yes, of course, but so the Texans lose a lot. Oh, so lost. I don't know. I, I just think that, yeah, the Panthers need someone, but the, the, and the Texans do need someone. But if they're going to move Deshaun Watson, which I think they are, like, do you not think that they could go give Sam Darnold another chance? Is he not better than any of the guys coming out of college? I still believe that. Like, um, um, I think I'm leaving that island. That's fine. That's fine. But okay, maybe Darnold's not the best example, but guys that we've talked about in the past who are those fringe level QBs Heineke, Gardner. Right. I also believe that Darnold is um, sour cream onions. I think I think it's time for all of us to get off that that ship. We're gone and uh, send him off to all right. That forget the Pac-12, it. The Pac-12 network, so he can be a commentator like all the other USC quarterbacks. Yep. But okay. e- either way, if I'm the Texans, <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather get multiple picks and Darnold, and then ha- use my pick that I already have to to go get the best guy that I can instead of reaching for a QB. I'm with you. I'm very much with you. I think the Panthers, the Charm Watch thing, Russell Wilson will maybe be available. I also right. really quickly think yeah. that we don't, okay, like when the season's over finally and, and all the dust is settled of like who's picking where and where all the players have actually just had all their game tape already out there, we still don't really see exactly like what they test, you know, in the combine. Yeah. You know, like the, the interviews and like the player makeup and all that. So there are some you know, factors that we haven't seen yet. And really, in my opinion, there's only two quarterbacks that could really sneak into that top 10. It's Kenny Pickett and Matt Coral. 
Well, Kenny Pickett is the last point I want to touch upon before we rock and roll here. I think it's stupid he's sitting out of this bowl game. He's not a shoe-in to go in the top 10, let alone be the first quarterback taken. Heck, he's probably going to be a first-round pick, but there's an off chance he slips. He could still use the tape against another really good football, out-of-conference football team. Now, that's just an opinion. The question is, real quick, yes or no, with a little emphasis on the yes or the no, meaning some dialogue. With the NILs in place, should players no longer be allowed to sit just to sit and skip bowls? They're getting paid. So you think they can still skip bowls if they want to? Yes, 100%. If they're getting paid millions of dollars? Yes. By the the university? Yeah, of course. I mean, the the NIL deals, the endorsements that they make, it has nothing to do with their, their tenor on a team, right? Like, you can be an NIL athlete and essentially get a endorsement from any company in, in the United States or, or the world for that matter. It's true. So I don't think it has anything to do with how much you play or where you play. I mean, of course a company wants to be smart and build their promotions around a player that is, a, you know, a, a recognizable national player that plays a lot for a big university. But in my opinion, I'm against what you just said on right. Kenny Pickett. I think that I, I don't think I don't I don't know if it's necessary that he's the first quarterback taken, but I do believe that he is a lock to be a first a first rounder, in my opinion, or maybe even second rounder. But regardless, I rather have that certainty than play a game, potentially tear my ACL or something worse, and then slip out of the draft or slip to the fourth or fifth round and compromise millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. I mean, he's still gonna be on a pretty Pretty nice rookie deal contract if he's picked within like the top 20, which I don't see him going past 20. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think I agree with you, Nick. I also think that, like you said, after the season, after the dust settles, Pickett might start to interview for some teams. He might put together some tape like Zach Wilson did last season before the draft, and people might really, really get impressed. We're already really impressed by the guy. He's jumped up boards. He could continue to jump up. He could fly. He's a great mover. Absolutely. I do think that from my understanding of the NIL rules, it's pretty interesting, right? Because there are some stipulations that are built into athletes, professional athletes contracts with endorsing um, brands where they, if they meet a certain standard of performance, they are given extra benefits and extra bonuses. If you win the MVP, right? If you're a Jordan athlete and you win the MVP, you, you make X amount of dollars, you get your own signature shoe. Like there, there are stipulations that they embed within these contracts. Almost like a my player in 2K. Right. <laughs> the one thing that they can't do with the NIL is hold these guys accountable to how many games that they play, right? right? It's not like the NFL where you're getting paid to play. Yeah, correct. I mean, we saw it with Bryce Young and we saw it with, with our boy Quinn Ewers. Now. I mean, Quinn Ewers played two snaps at Ohio State. Bryce Young didn't even play a snap and, and he still made a million dollars. Before, before he yeah, started, yeah. before that, I mean, not like, I mean, obviously he was going to play, but the fact that he already made his money before he started to play, I mean, it just kind of shows you that it doesn't really necessarily matter um, how much playing time you're getting. I think a lot of it is just, you know, are you a big name and are you at a big school? It's really just a recruiting tool at the it end is. of the day, right? Yeah, like you just want to sure. build enough hype that these top tier prospects are coming to your college. Right. And that's why you're willing to shell out 
X amount of dollars quick, for it. Quick question for you guys, and we can make this really quick when we can close it out. Please. Um, since we're on the topic of NIL, over under how much money Bronny James is going to make in NIL endorsements if he goes to college? I think the word on the the like question word on the street, the number was like 10 mil, right? Isn't that what had been think, floated out there? Yeah. I think maybe I put that a poll like that. I had seen it in someone's I've, article or something like that. Nick, you I've also have sent us the other it. article that was, yeah. could he go to Texas, which yeah. would be well, awesome. We'd love that. For, for a lot of people out there that haven't been following recruitment or NIL or Bronny James career for that matter, he's been completely silent to the media on where he wants to go or if he's had any conversations with people. But a reporter did come out and say that that the recruiters at Texas are very interested in him. And they don't think it's a long shot just because it's a big university and he can get a lot of NL endorsements. And of course we are pretty big. I would say we're a pretty big breeding ground this. I mean, nowadays for basketball in terms of going to totally. the league, we've got yeah. a great conversion rate. I mean, you can put us right up there with some of the bigger schools. I mean, we're not necessarily Kentucky or Duke or UNC yet, but we're still in the mix to be, we're a top 20 Easily. for the NBA top, maybe even top 10. It's also even for a college athlete, if he has his own address in Texas and he gets Texas ID, he's not paying state income tax on the money that he's making from his endorsement. Smart, thinking for the future. LeBron James obviously knows how to make a pretty penny. He's he's really done it matter, across but... no, but you know, Bronny wants to do his own thing, obviously. And it's a great university academically. So if he he is not necessarily the same type of prospect that his dad was coming coming no one no one is right but he might stay there for all four years you never he's know been getting better and better he's like been he's been rising yeah and he could sprout five inches next summer so who who really knows i think he's shown more legitimate skill in the tape we've seen of him like he's definitely gotten better from when we saw him live as a freshman without a doubt yeah and i think he's very involved in the video game scene we're right. tech, we're becoming a tech heavy city in austin yeah. our boy kenny vaccaro just you know He's he's launching his uh it's not G- out of the question. It's just yeah, a- I mean it's not out of the question for sure. I don't know. I don't necessarily know if I'd want the distraction on my team. I don't know if I'd want him taking a position from a more talented player because if Bronny's on your team, he has to start. He has to play. You're not putting him on your team not to play, in my opinion. No, he could come off the bench as a freshman. Mm. He, I think, I feel like I, he'd want to play. I feel like he would but he's still a t- he's, he's a top fifty recruit. He's not like a he's not chump change. This isn't a guy that's not ranked on the ESPN top 50. He's in the top 50. He's like well, in the mix. He should he's be also He's in the limelight and outside of the one uh, thing where he admitted that he had smoked weed. Like he's a pretty good kid, you know, like he's, he's the type of guy that I think you would want to have on your team and wouldn't want, he wouldn't be a major distraction, at least yeah. se- seemingly. You, you never know yeah. until it gets there. I mean, but- you'd also have LeBron at your games and supporting Texas or whatever college he decides to go do, which would be sweet. I mean, the, Le- the LeBrons and, like, burn orange. And, yeah, oh, my God. Like, come on. That'd be so sick. I mean, it would be a huge recruiting tool just in general. Other other players would want to also join Bronny to be in the company of, of LeBron, right? Like, imagine you're a freshman and LeBron's just sitting courtside at your game. You get, how about it goes- acting? How about it acting as the bridge that brings an NBA basketball team to Austin, Texas, too? LeBron- I mean, it's definitely in, I, look. The NBA has been talking about expansion for a long time now, and I think it's a very logical city. Austin's the biggest city in the United States without without a professional sports team. We're catching lightning in the bottle because Coach K is leaving. 
I don't love the Kentucky thing anymore. Of course, there's the Austin Timbers now too, but regardless, no, no, no big uh, three or big four team. It's meaning hockey, baseball, basketball, football. Yeah, I think there's. I think the we're we might catch lightning in a bottle where no Coach K. Ohio State's. I mean, maybe like go home to where your your dad would have gone, but like I don't foresee them really. Yeah, you're not going to act. Right. Yeah, no chance. I think us an, an HBCU school in the back end is like always possible, but I, I think that we have a real shot. To answer your question. Yeah, good unless he decides to stay in California, you know, yeah, USC, LA or USC. Yeah, true. So. True. All right, good guys. Time. Good stuff. Fans out there, drag with and bounce. Swing on a full count, rip that puck at that putt. Hit your PKs because they free and hit your free throws. Why, guys? Because they're free. Because they're free. We outro. We love you. See you later. Light box. At the light price of $800 a carrot. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.